Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. In this five-part podcast series, I'm joined by Don Stern. Don is the Managing Director of Corporate Monitoring and Consulting Services at Affiliated Monitors. Don is a well-known white-collar corporate defense lawyer. He was previously the United States Attorney for the District of Massachusetts, has been a lecturer at Harvard, and has worked at several law firms before coming over to Affiliated Monitors. In this five-part podcast series, we consider the benefits of independent monitoring and proactive assessments for defense attorneys. In episode one, we take a look at how defense attorneys can proactively work with independent monitors. Two, what are the nuts and bolts? How does this thing work? Three, couple of case studies of defense counsel who've engaged a monitor to mitigate internal issues before going to a regulator. Number four, how this works in a medical setting. And in episode five, we conclude by how this works in the nonprofit setting, specifically looking at some issues around varsity blues. It's a fascinating series that I know you will enjoy as a compliance specialist. This special five-part series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Don Stern. Don's the Managing Director of Corporate Monitoring and Consulting Services at Affiliated Monitors. And today, we're going to take a look at a specific example in the healthcare and medical setting. Uh, Don, first of all, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Don, I was wondering if you have an example you you could cite to us where um, Affiliated Monitors stepped in uh, as a third-party independent uh, to really help a company, a, a healthcare or a medical facility, work through issues surrounding uh, opioid prescriptions. Well, I do have one one example, and I, and I think it's an example uh, for a variety of reasons, one of which I think it shows that companies and healthcare practices these days are much more uh, willing and anxious to be proactive rather than just for, wait for the next problem to arise. And I think that's a very healthy thing. And, and the example I have in mind <clears throat> is a, um, a, a medical practice, not an insurance program or a, or a big hospital chain, but a fairly significant medical practice uh, somewhere in the Midwest. Um, and they had one of their physicians um, who eventually was investigated by um, the various licensing boards in that particular state for excessively prescribing opioids. So, you know, I, I think that if this had happened a couple of years ago, I think it's likely that the medical practice would have said, we've got a bad apple, you know, this is a problem, this is a rogue employee, but, you know, we did everything 
you know, we could to um, uh, mitigate the problem. We cooperated with the government. Uh, we fired the, the physician. But what, what happened instead, which I view as a, as a, as a good thing, uh, the, the people run the medical practice said, you know, we think it's a rogue employee. We, we think it's a, it's a one-off situation. Um, the government's not asking us to do anything more, but, but we think, particularly given the severity of the opioid crisis or in our area and around the country for that matter, uh, we're going to bring in a third party to assess our compliance program more generally. Uh, we know what happened here. The, the question is, uh, how are we doing more generally? And have we provided the guardrails and the internal mechanisms to not only uh, reduce the, the risk that this is going to happen by somebody else, but to encourage people to come forward, to come, encourage nurse practitioners to come forward, to encourage people who keep the medical records for our practice to come forward, and for us to follow up and investigate. So that's that's what we're, we're you know we've been doing, um, and you know we'll we'll report back to the company, and and I think at the end of the day, uh, it will be not only a better medical practice, uh, one that that is more protective of the physicians in general. Uh, of the owners of the practice, uh, but for that matter, for the public. And I think that's a, that's a good story, uh, one that shows that people running this medical practice are, are responsible and want to do the right thing. Don, I was really intrigued in your opening remarks on this case study where you said that uh, perhaps a few years ago, uh, a uh, cooperating uh, healthcare provider or company would have done something along the lines of doing an investigation finding an employee who violated the company's compliance program and then terminating that employee, turning those results over to the government. Uh, but now you're talking about really an entire new step that the company took, uh, which is to bring in a true independent uh, third party to make an assessment. And it sounds like that that is um, – if not a best practice, certainly a more effective way uh, for companies to get a handle on this and, and work in partnership with the government to try to uh, uh, slow down or stop this crisis. I, I think that's true. I mean, I think, you know, no one wants to be the next, you know, part of it is just smart, being smart and, 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 and kind of thinking ahead. I mean, the Me Too movement is is probably a good example of that. You know, when things happen in a particular company and, and they're the front page of the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, I, I think it's kind of foolhardy to think that somehow, you know, there's no conceivable way in which your company um, could also um, run afoul of, of, of similar issues. So, I mean, again, it, it, it's I think it's smart. I think boards, uh, audit committees of boards and compliance committees of boards are much more apt these days, I think, to say to management, you know, I've read about X. What are we doing? I want to report. Uh, I want to find out how, how we're doing and how we're mitigating the risk in this particular area. Because, you know, as you know, Tom, the, the cost of getting it wrong these days is very, very high. It's not just the cost of hiring some lawyers to defend you uh, with a government uh, agency, Department of Justice or something. It's not just you know, the, the reputational risk. But if you're a public company, um, your, your uh, stock price is, is probably going to take a nosedive uh, if there's a problem in, in this particular area or other areas. So uh, it's a fairly prudent 
and cost-effective step to try to get ahead of the situation. And, you know, I think you can do some of this with a very good internal compliance program and an internal audit program. But I think the um, best way to do it, to add to what you already have, uh, I think is to have a third-party assessment. Don, um, we have you have listed rather a couple of different reasons to bring in a third party. Uh, earlier in a prior episode, you talked about how it lends credibility um, and support to employees when they see a, a truly independent come in and talking to them. Uh, you talked about how it can lend credibility when you're sitting across the table from a regulator or the government. Uh, but now you've really given us a third reason, which is just overall risk management and that a proactive approach can, uh, uh, you didn't say this, but it seemed to me to be very close to saying, this is really a business advantage to take this proactive approach. Um, once again, would that be a fair assessment? I, I think so. I mean, I, you know, I, again, um, most responsible companies these days are, are assessing their risk, the, the enterprise risk. And, and you know, the more um, they look around and, and look at the landscape, uh, I think they see that, that the best way to assess, to do this is to kind of assess their own situation. You know, it's very tempting if you're in a competitive environment, if you're a financial institution or you're a medical institution, and one of your competitors gets into trouble in a particular area, you know, it's very tempting to to sort of self-righteously say, gee, um, maybe that's a good thing for me, right? Because they're in trouble. Uh, I'm going to be able to take away some of their market share because people aren't going to go to them. Um, and that may that may work in the short run, but in the long run, you're better off saying, gee, you know, maybe they're not so unique. Maybe I need to look uh, internally. Maybe we Maybe we need to look at the mirror. And, and see what's going on. You know, again, I mentioned in one of the earlier, you know, the, the Me Too movement. I mean, it, it was it was has been very common for companies and private schools and other institutions to take a look at themselves. Sometimes going back historically, and and that's often that's not the work that we do. That's typically done by a you know group of white collar lawyers who kind of go back and do an internal investigation. But to sort of uh, assess what what happened in the past. Where we come in is we work with the company at, at benchmarking and coming up with best practices, um, because we think most companies want to kind of have a state of the art best practice rather than simply rely upon what worked five years or ten years ago. So, Don, um, in the situation where you do come in on on this proactive basis. Uh, are you really given an assignment to look for something, or are you given not necessarily free reign, but are you allowed to use your own professional uh, judgment and discretion to test, uh, to ask questions, to probe, and to really fully assess uh, where a compliance program or specific issue might be? Well, there's some variation, I have to say, and I don't think this is bad. So, you know, in, in some in some instances, the company has an inkling uh, based upon its internal audit or based upon some other information as to the, the problem. And, you know, they, they certainly don't want to sort of willy-nilly spend huge amounts of money for us to review their antitrust problem, their, you know, the program, their EEO problem, their FCPA uh, uh, program. So sometimes it's more 
focused it. So it could be, for example, in the, in the pharmaceutical area, they may know that they have a, a problem with their, with their sales and marketing effort. And so that could be the focus. But, you know, I have to say, inevitably, we get a sense of the culture of the company that even no matter, no matter what the entry point is for us to be talking to the employees and, and, and for the, the company management, typically we'll get some insight as to some broader issues. And sometimes we'll do it just like that. We'll say, you, you know, you know, you, we know you brought us in to look at X and we, here's what we're going to put in our report back to you. But by the way, we also have some other observations, which we want to pass along to you and you can do with what you want, what you want with that. But, but here are our observations. And I have to say, generally, um, they're greeted uh, very uh, enthusiastically, like, you know, thank you very much. We didn't really know that this is, this is helpful to us. And we're going to sort of weave that into our compliance program going forward. We think that's an added value, which we can, which we can provide the companies. Well, Don, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I hope uh, you will join us uh, tomorrow for our final episode where we take a look at uh, third-party independent uh, monitoring in the nonprofit and educational space. Don, I look forward to continuing the conversation in our next episode. Great. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my visit with Don Stearns on the benefits of independent monitoring and proactive assess- assessments for defense attorneys. If you'd like more information on affiliated monitors, please check out their website, www.affiliatedmonitors.com. This five-part podcast series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thank you again, and I hope you'll join us for another episode. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.